Tomas Martinez here. Welcome to another edition of TM3 Impact. And today in my hand, I am holding something really, really special. My guest today wrote this amazing book. You see that right there? That is my wife, Christina Maria Martinez, the author of Shattered Pieces Everywhere, a memoir. She is here today on TM3 Impact. Second time, can't. I, I just, I'm excited that you're here, baby. This is amazing. Thanks for having me. Yes. It'll be fun. Uh, holding this book, you know what I feel about it. I shared with you on the cruise. You know, I, I held off on reading it for a long time. You weren't happy about that. I mean, you sampled some of it. I did. I did. Uh, you read a lot of it to me at times, right? Uh, but we're here now. But what we have to do is I need to go back to the origin of how this started. Because we did a podcast way back when. Uh... Was it before the pandemic? It was oh, yes. Yeah, it was before the pandemic. <laughs> you and I got on here. We did a podcast. We've had Isn't that a, funny how we gauge time by, was it before the pandemic or after the pandemic? That's it. <laughs> that's it. That's how you have to do everything now, right? But go back and share the story on kind of like where all of this started to get to this point. Sure. I mean, I write a little bit about how it started in the acknowledgments. We call it a story within a story. And so there's a lot of people and moving parts, I guess, if you will, that got me to this. I mean, not to mention the professionals that help you along the way. But this, I think it was, um, it started with Rudy Rudiger, meeting Rudy and hearing about his story and how many people he's inspired. And just encouragement from friends, you know, Brad and Kathy Taylor, I talk about that in the acknowledgements. And just their encouragement of sharing my story, inspiring someone else with what I've gone through. And everyone, I really have learned through my life Everyone has a story. Everybody has a story. You have a story. Right. I, I think back to that time when we got to meet Rudy. We're at that dinner. And I obviously had a question for him, right? You know, I asked my question of him and he all answered us, it. Yeah. We, all, we all got to sit around and ask questions. But what was it about that meeting that really stood out to you to, to again, to, this is not, this was, I know the 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 pain and and all of the hard work all of the late nights you and crystal up till one in the morning i'm like oh, really are y'all it's time to go to bed right are y'all done yet you know what i mean sure but how what was it about that meeting that really sparked getting to this point sure i think when you think about a book or a memoir a lot of people think of it as a vanity piece right it's about you it's all about you and and i can't separate i mean it is about me right at the end of the day but when I think about my life up to that point, meeting Rudy in that night, I've always visualized my life as if it was a movie that played out. I literally had, you know, the childhood I had, childhood, excuse me, that I had, and then the circumstances that led us to meet, mm -hmm. and then the accident that should have just broke it all apart or shattered it into pieces. Mm -hmm. And then I essentially got the love story. I mean, I got the fairy tale happy ending, not just with our relationship, but just my life. So when I sat there and I thought about what Rudy was sharing and the questions that we asked and, you know, how many people he inspired, I thought to myself, through all of those different circumstances, whether it was childhood or my upbringing or the accident or a relationship, you know, all of those could have just been shattered pieces, right? But ultimately it did make it, a whole and I felt like I got the fairy tale ending and I felt like somebody needed to hear that. They mm. needed to hear whether they were 
in the midst of their pieces or, you know, had gone through their pieces or whatever part of their story, I felt like someone needed to know that, you know, you might not see the whole picture today or the whole movie, the end of the movie, but there's an end coming in it and it's not going to be that bad. It, you actually, you're surviving through it. You're going to make it through it. And so I think that's what led me to believe that I needed to share my story mm-hmm. was that I needed someone to believe that they too had, you know, a better ending than they were feeling at the moment. Yes. So so you get to a point where you I remember you started writing um I think was it was it when I got you the iPad? Is that when you officially started? Yeah, about or that. had you or had you been doing it on your phone? No, I uh mm, that's a good question. I think you had started kind of like doing something on the phone using first. um dictation like That's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I remember at one point you started interviewing and doing these recordings mm-hmm. with your mom. Correct. That was at the very beginning, right? Uh, like midway of midway? making a decision. Okay. Yes. All right. And tell, talk about that, pre- that work, getting these recordings, sitting down, gathering sure. stories, right? Talk about that. Well, the interesting part is that if you can imagine 20 years had passed, we never talked about the accident. Mm. And so when you read about in the book, how I share, we never talked about it again. We literally never talked about it. We moved on and every day was a new day, but we never went backwards. We never sat and said, hey, remember that time in the hospital, you know, Mm. that this happened or that visitor or remember it was a difficult time or even the celebratory moments like getting out of the wheelchair or getting back in the car. We never really talked about it. So I'll tell you, it was an emotional time, Mm. you know, to sit down and record and talk about like, well, what were you going through? You know, you had a job and I remember this and she remembers that, but piecing together, you know, our different parts of the story or that emotion, it was hard because you're bringing up stuff that we had just decided, you know, that's the past. That's the part that Mm. maybe we weren't hiding it, but we just wanted to let it go, not remember it and move on to a new day not realizing, you know, there could be healing talking about it. And that actually is what happened through those recordings was that Mm. it actually made things more whole. Mm. Bringing some of that darkness to light didn't really actually hurt us, you know, or cause pain. It actually helped. Yeah, that's interesting because I I would imagine for some people hearing that, they're like, well, I don't want to go back there. Of course. Right? I don't want to go back to that point. And so when you... In the very beginning, was there a party that didn't want to go back to some of those stories? Oh, sure. I mean, uh, let's be honest. Through the whole process, yeah. I think, so let me just take you to the end. When I thought that I had written everything that I said that I wanted to say, you know, yeah. I had an amazing help with this, having Akila, you know, and I've told her everything or I've written to her and said, okay, here's my story, right? Yeah. Um, make it better. Even then, I thought, I've shared enough. Like, I'm good, you know? And that, that wasn't enough. It's scratching the surface. So when we actually sent it to editing, it's like, well, wh- what were you really feeling through this? What mm. were you going through? Why was that emotional? And there were parts where, you know, I had to kind of just remove myself or I would, wa- I felt like I was walking through a fog. I mean, you were going through it yeah. I, because I'm literally having to put myself and my mind back into a place that I never wanted to be yeah. or stay in. But I think, you know, when people say that phrase, like I had to feel the feels, mm. it, sounds silly right yeah but that's what you go through when you actually drum up all those memories and you sit down with somebody and talk about it whether it's your family member because you both went through it yeah. or you're just you know you and I talking about maybe something that you hadn't gone through but I want to share you know you have to go through all those emotions and feelings and that's hard Very. but when you do it 
it actually feels better, right? Yeah, yeah. Do you remember a point while you were like in this process? Because I remember one, it was one night you were just like, we 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 have the book, but there's something missing. And you kept, you were like, I don't know what it is, but there's something missing. And then you started doing all this research on like a W plot or something, right? Oh, like writing? Right, the actual like writing going back part. to school. Absolutely. And you started doing all of this research. And I remember you made a poster and you had like, and you, you had all these post-it notes. You and Crystal were going through all these post-it notes. And I, re- I just remember looking at this and I, I, I remember, I didn't fully understand it, but this was for like, you were pretty far along in the process by that point. Yes. I'm glad you said that. Cause yes, you were, you were like, I, it almost was at the point where you were like, the book is pretty much done, but you were like, there's something missing. And then you started talk about learning about that and what it did to help your story. Sure. Well, I think in life, whether it's your profession or, you know, a project that you're embarking on, there's always points in time where you learn something or go back and go like, oh, I should have researched this more, studied this more so I didn't have to go back and turn around. Well, Aquila kept us on a pretty tight timeline. I don't know if you remember, but it was oh, yeah. the summer. So it started in June and we were finished by December. So in six months we wrote the book, which yeah. I mean, doesn't seem like a long time. Maybe it seems like not enough time. I mean, depending on who you're asking for me, I felt like, well, it's my story. I mean, I just need to spit it out. Right. Right. But there was a point where I felt like we were saying everything about the story, but maybe the parts and pieces weren't connecting. And it wasn't about just me talking about myself. I really did want to be an inspiration Mm -hmm. to someone else. So how am I giving over that story to someone else and being able to see whether we connected on the same story or just the idea of what was happening in my life. So I decided to kind of go back to school and it was around Thanksgiving. So remember the deadline was end of December, right? Right. We oh, were yeah. kind of coming back together and in I, January. I, and I, I just was like, you got, you're pressing so hard. Like it's, you're, Slow you're down. like, just sure. pull, pull the pump the brakes a little bit. And you're like, no, we got to finish. Well, the reason why it was great to have that timeline is because when you're going through and the mud or the darkness, yeah, let's get out because it's mm, heavy, right? Yeah. So for me, I was okay with trying to sprint through yeah. versus marathon through right. because I did want to get out. That right? makes sense. I was tired. You're I a sprinter. Yeah. We know. Well, yeah, I'm a sprinter. Yeah. I, I was tired of talking about myself. Yeah. I mean, let's be honest. I was also tired of being in those those moments that I felt like I had kind of fought through to get out of. Mm-hmm. So I wanted out. Yeah. But the W plot. So yeah. the the great thing about, you know, going back to school, if you will, it's like what you learned in English, you know, back in mm-hmm. high school or I don't know. It, understanding that every book, whether it's a memoir or, you know, this novel that you're writing, it does have a a sequence, a series of events, right? So by doing that, we were able to piece together all the different stories in the, in the proper timeline, if you will. So Mm -hmm. even if they're in chronological or you kind of go back and forth. So it really made sense after we did that, things started making sense. And we were able to actually fill in some of the blanks that we had forgotten about a story or forgotten about how this transitioned to that. So Doing yeah. that plot, whether it's a linear plot or a W plot, like you mentioned, yeah. it really did help complete the story. And and it it started to help form the chapters. Yes. Right? Like really give you the, the depth to the chapters that you wanted. Yes. Because in right. the writing process, a lot of times people don't want to go back and research or, or do things, you know, that way. 
But by doing it, it actually, it, had we known or I learned to do that before, maybe I would have had a different process and it could have been easier. Oh, interesting. Or maybe not. But yeah. I felt like, I mean, it was timely because it was before I finished the book. Right. No, no. <laughs> so yeah, that's timely, for sure. right? For but sure. I do think that it really helped build some of the parts or remember like, oh, that's right. This is how that transitioned in my life. Right. Okay, so you you get to this point where you you have the book, you know, you get your the, the, the plot, you get you know the W plot, you get everything lined out. And as you're as you're coming to like you feel like you're coming to a landing spot, talk through the editing process. Because <laughs> I, I I mean, I just remember like like just I remember that process hearing about it. But I want you to talk about just getting through on the other side of that. Sure. Well, I remember hearing Brad when he finished his book saying that the editor, you know, he submitted his writing to the editor and the editor's like, cuts it up, sends it back to him multiple times back and forth. Like it's not enough. More, more, more. Right. Yeah. And I didn't really understand what that meant until we actually did it ourselves. So I mentioned to you, you know, you have all of these professional people and truly a book, whether it's a good book or a mediocre book or any book, if it's done correct, you have these multiple people that have touched the book. Right. Whether that's a big picture editor, manuscript review, copy editor, proofreading. You know, I had lots of help, as you mentioned, with Crystal and Aquila. But that book that you're sitting is not because Christina Martinez. I mean, it is a collaboration, truly a collaboration. But yeah. when you talk about editing, editing is on a spiritual level. You know, when you think about manuscript review, as I mentioned before, yeah. like, well, tell me more, you know, that's not enough. What were you feeling? How, what were you going through? Yeah. Why did that matter? You know, yeah. even the idea of what was special to me, what is when, when that question was asked to me by the editor, well, you mentioned special, but what is special, right? Yeah. But the editing process took another six, eight months. Right. Right. That's why I bring it up. Because, yeah. <laughs> because first we needed to get it readable. Yeah. So we sent it, Melanie was our copy editor and yeah. wow, I mean, she really did make it something to read before I even gave it over to Andrea Lucado, who is just a talent, you know, mm -hmm. Oxford graduate, just a beautiful person. But we felt like we couldn't even get it to her before we even had Melanie copy mm. edit, which was a little backwards. Normally you give it the editor, yeah. but we just felt a little embarrassed about yeah. like, you know, our Franken baby manuscript, as right. we called it. right. So, but all of those pieces make it the book. I mean, I don't know if I answered that question. No, you did. No, you did. <laughs> it's I, a long I, process. It's a long process, but but it made the book better. Yeah, and going and, back and forth right? and being willing to hear it. Mm -hmm. And then we did a beta read. Yeah, talk about the beta read because I think a lot of people probably missed that. Where did you learn about that? Because I hadn't even heard about that. Um, We're I, professional, Tomas. No, seriously. You guys, you know, you and Crystal had it, had it down, but... Where did you hear about that? Remember, I remember telling you I got a book like that. Someone sent me a book as like a testing, but I didn't really read all the paperwork that came with it. I just opened up the book and was like, eh, it's okay. And I didn't even finish reading the book. Um, but, but talk about how you learned about it and then w implementing it and doing it. Sure. Well, you finish your book and you think, well, I've done a good job. It's yeah. good or it's good enough. I mean, depending on how you feel, right? Yeah. I think at one point or at many points, let's be honest, I've questioned throughout the book process, should I be writing this book? Yeah. There are so many people with so many beautiful stories. And you know firsthand, I'd watch a movie and think, who am I 
to talk about a story. Look yeah. at this movie we just watched. It's so inspiring. Like right. I've never been through that, right? Or I read a book and felt the same way. Like who am I to think I have something to share or could inspire yeah. someone? Look at this person and what they've you know gone through in their life and how inspiring they are. Um, but I do believe everyone has a story, right? And something yeah. to share. And it can resonate with one person. It's something, right? True. But through the process, I think that it's just, it's it's a challenge. But when you actually present it in front of someone mm -hmm. to tell you, like, did I, did I make it through? Like, did I break through the threshold of, you know, did it resonate with you? Yeah. Did do it they, confuse you? Do they you? finish it? Yeah. Did they, do did they it actually finish you? the book, right? So the way we got it was we all we always knew Crystal and I that we would have a beta test. We were so I say lucky, truly blessed to have the TPC book club with just I mean a huge wide demographic of mm -hmm. women, um, age groups, backgrounds. You know, some moms, some retired, some you know kids gone off to college. You know, some adults all, all over, right? So they all had different perspectives, oh, yeah. which was kind of cool. Yep. And they all agreed and they went through the paperwork and we had lots of questions each chapter. So we got feedback, not only per chapter, but on the book as a whole. Mm. And honestly, we had parts missing. They wanted to know more. Yeah. Some parts, you know, we didn't elaborate, for example, right. maybe my siblings or which was great to hear that they wanted more. They were invested in the story. Yeah. But overall, it gave us great feedback. We had to go back through the editing process dive in a little bit more into the darkness. Yeah. You know, as we say, more homework, right? Yeah. But yeah. it gave us, before putting it out to the the world, it gave us a perspective that we would have not known had we not gone through the beta testing. Yeah, I, I think it's important because you, you put this here, you, 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 you know, this is from the author, Shattered Pieces, Everywhere is a Work of Nonfiction. There are pieces missing from my story as it is a tell some, not a tell all. <laughs> like where did that like how did you come up with that even even in the beginning the uh, probably probably beta testing really <laughs> oh because that was the feedback that you got some people wanted to know more uh. because there are parts well first you know it really wasn't to just dive into all my family you know um right. and reveal it you know any book whether it mine or someone else or any story I mean sure we could just you know, dip someone in tar and be like, look, right. Right. Not fair. Right. For this, that wasn't to move the story forward. Right. right. So there are a lot of parts. This wasn't just to go like a sensational book of, Oh, look at Christina, how bad she's had it. So horrible. Mm -hmm. Right. It wasn't about that. It was really just to kind of show, excuse me, show you parts and pieces, yeah. but get you to the, the finish line. Right. Yeah. Of like, this was my story. Right. It wasn't to reveal somebody else. It wasn't to, you know, tell you all the, you know, ooh-ah, right? Yeah. But also in the beta testing, there were a lot of questions that were asked that maybe they wanted us to elaborate on. And some things we took yeah. out because we felt like, oh, that's, that might be leading the reader somewhere uh, and we yeah. don't want to dive into it. Yep. Or just to have you understand, look, Tomas, you're reading this, you're going to come up with questions and it's okay, you have questions, we're never going to answer them. That's right. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you don't have to, right? Because it, it's a tell some, not tell all. Yeah. Right. I love that. I love that you put Thank that. You. I love that you put that in there. Now, so you do the beta testing, you get the feedback, and you implement the feedback. Yes. H how would you say you implemented a lot of the feedback? Oh, I, absolutely. With Good. the exception of you know maybe not diving into somebody else's you know um, background or. Right 
other things that could be revealing of someone else or revealing of, you know, um, I mean, I say that not to, you know, make it sensational, but my family just to protect privacy, you know, of course, but otherwise, absolutely. If they had a question and we realized, oh, that's a hole, we appreciated that, um, that feedback, you know, definitely. Okay. We got to talk about this cover. The cover. I mean, it's amazing. This cover is I amazing, mean, <laughs> right? I could have um, never imagined this. No, like it's so beautiful. Obviously, I'm a little biased, but I think anybody that sees this cover is going to be intrigued. You know what I mean? Like, Thank it, you. like the 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 idea of the shattered pieces. You're looking down at the shattered pieces, and I remember the original intent of the shattered pieces was that to be photographs. Wasn't it supposed to be some like photographs inside those shattered pieces? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, we had a re- this has been an evolution. So it was pieces broken with, you know, past f- photographs, you know, current photographs, um, and we just had this vision of what the cover would be. And one day, I'm talking to Elizabeth Homan, yeah. just I mean, an amazing artist. Yep. I, you know, it's hard to call her a photographer when she truly is an artist. And she's like, I've got a vision. And just come to the studio and this is, actually we went through this whole evolution of photographs and this was one of the last ones. Oh, really? And um, it was inspired and I thought, oh, we just went through this whole, you know, photo shoot. Like we don't have to do any more. You've done so much, right? right? And this was one of the last and it just was magical. I mean, it was when we all saw it, I think we all felt the same way. Um, It's just... uh, I know it's me, so it's hard to, but it's beautiful. No, it is. So grateful to her to see that because that cover would have been so different had it not been for her. Oh my gosh! Yeah, and I remember some of the original. um, They were terrible. Some of the original photos were just a little. I mean, it. it No, I mean the cover options were right. They, they. I mean, obviously, you picked the right one. And I love how the, you know, the shattered pieces goes across to the other side. It's beautiful. And then who was, did you have a particular graphic designer helping you with this? Yeah. So Matt um, Carlson, he is um, just a visionary as well, really saw what Elizabeth wanted and was able to carry it out. And that was a connection through my sister, Nicole. And um, just having her part of it was something special on its own. Right. But he definitely pulled together what we felt like at the end was a classic piece, you know? Yeah. And very, I mean, I'm very proud of it. No, it's a, it's a, it's absolutely amazing. Now you're, you're the, the publishing company. Let's talk about the name. I think it's really cool. You know what I mean? Talk about the name of the publishing company and how that came to be. Sure. Well, this is, so Elon Publishing, you and I have owned for how many years? 12. Uh, be 12 this year. 12 years. So being in publishing, that's been fun and, We've learned so much. I mean, that has a lot to do with why we were able to navigate through this, you know, journey so well, I think, is because of being in publishing for so long. Um, But the imprint that this one is under um, is called Division Street Books. That's an imprint of Elon Publishing. And Division Street is the street that we met on. Is that right? Yes. I didn't realize that. Are you serious? Are you serious? (laughs) Yes. We met... Is it was it at the Pan American building? Yes. 
Interesting. I did not realize. I'm not you kidding. Just we're asking for fun. No, I was asking for fun because I. You're so cute. No, that's seriously. I I re, now I know it's Division Street because it was the Pan American Building, which is not there anymore. Correct. It was a quinceanera that we went to, and uh, but that's really interesting. I did not realize yes. that you did it based on where we met for this imprint. Yes. Wow. Mm-hmm. Super cool. That's mm-hmm. even more special. I mean, it's you know. It works out to be the publisher because yeah. you can make whatever imprint you want. Exactly. And it was important to tie in what we were doing. No, I love that. I love that. Okay, so a uh, couple things I want to get into the book here. Uh, okay. This is the, um, I guess, the kind of the acknowledgments, I guess, at the beginning. Okay. Right? It says, to the young person, if you're getting this book, this is how it starts out. To the young person who looks in the mirror and only sees shattered pieces. To anyone who has experienced tragedy and keeps their scars inside, to the warrior who fights the good fight, to the friend who stands in the fray, to you, the reader. Talk about that. Well, uh, you know, everyone has, I think, their dedication. And of course, you know, my mom played a big role in this book. You played a big role in the community and friends and family. And, you know, I felt like within the book, I talk about my gratitude you know, mm. to all of you who helped me find my tomorrow to get me here today. Mm. But this book, I really, really feel to my core was written for someone else. Mm. And when I think about it, it's written to be given to someone else. Yeah. And so I, I hope that, you know, it is inspiring to someone who is struggling to find, you know, not that I have that power, but struggling to find their tomorrow or struggling with their today. Um, And so I really did, you know, feel very strongly that those are the people that I'm writing it for. Yeah. You know, when I think about my son, you know, who's 13, who's, you know, going through his adolescence and everything is um, magnified, you know, and I talk about the person who only sees their shattered pieces and, um, and that could have a background like me or, or one different. I want them to see more, you know, I want them to be, inspired by that but I think to the person who stands in you know for um, the person who's fighting through their you know pieces um, fighting to get to their tomorrow but I think that is that was important for me for the person who's reading that to know that this is really for them and I hope that the person who buys it buys it for someone right I love that and I you know you don't I think the the person who stands um you know, that that idea is the friend who stands in the fray, you know, throughout the the car accident. And, and, and when you go into detail, you know, through the book, talking about that, all of the stories of people that came to see you and even the stories of people that did come to see you that maybe didn't have the right. They weren't in the right spirit. They weren't sure. ready to, you know, to, to, to pour into you at that time. Uh, but but, he, you know, the people, everybody at some point. You don't know what your encouragement is actually meaning for somebody else when they're going through something. Right. You never know. No. And this book is a great example of that, of of all of the people, because you went and interviewed people that came to see you. Talk a little bit about that and, and, and going through that interview process, talking to them about, hey, what do you remember when you came to the hospital to see me? Well, I think the thing that, I don't know if it'll surprise you that surprised me was the things that people remembered Mm -hmm. and the things that they didn't remember that I certainly remembered. 
and not a like, oh, we have two different versions of the story. Not that at all. Right. But if I were to tell you like, hey, Tomas, I remember you brought me that plant and you're like, well, I remember going, but I don't remember that plant, but that plant meant everything and I had it in my backyard, right? Mm. That version of, you know, what people didn't necessarily remember or hold on to because that became a core memory. It was something that replayed over and over in my mind for 20 something years that I then wrote about it. Uh, you know, one of the the beta feedbacks, this will be interesting, I don't know, yeah. not shared it with you, but the beta feedback was someone maybe felt like we were just, it was a list of, you know, thanking someone. You know, when I talk about the the puppy dog under my arm or I mm. talk about the the um, the comforter or the nail polish, the things that people did for me, it wasn't so much to just name somebody. It was really, I, I do believe the story should have a name attached to it, but it was their version of that gesture that you don't have to have the perfect thing to do for someone to stand in for them or to be a comfort for them or to be there or even be present physically, right? It was just what they did that felt natural mm-hmm. and um, their way of giving comfort, right? Mm-hmm. Or um, just being there, right? Yeah. And so it wasn't just a list of thank yous or gratitudes like the acknowledgements in the back it was really just to understand that it's the smallest thing that today I mean even if they didn't remember how much it meant to me at that moment that I could remember it and recall it and publish it right right this many years later right so I think um it's important sometimes it's overwhelming when somebody goes through something whether it's a accident or a tragedy or a loss of someone or just having a hard time just the smallest thing I mean it could be a card in the mail right or a scratch piece of paper left on their car. Right. And we think we have to do these big elaborate things and really don't. Yeah. And it could last them a lifetime that that momentarily thing that you did for them just made a huge impact. You no, know? that makes yeah, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I remember one of the stories, you got a magazine while you're in the hospital. Uh-huh. And if I remember correctly, I always thought it was somebody, but it was a nurse that did it. Was it a nurse mm-hmm. that did it? And she actually put on the cover of like one of these vanity magazines with all the women and she put a bandage. And I remember walking in and seeing that Mm -hmm. she put a bandage exactly as like you had on your face. Like literally cut the same way. Cut it, Mm -hmm. pasted it on the magazine and brought it to you. And I didn't real again, I didn't realize it was a nurse. I actually thought it was Laura that brought that magazine to you. But when I read the book, I realized, oh, this was a nurse that did it. Talk about that day when you got that magazine while you're obviously you're healing, you've got these bandages all over your face. At this point, you hadn't seen how bad the damage had been. So you didn't really know other than catching a couple of peaks and, you know, like some things in the bathroom where you were kind of looking off things that were f- reflecting. Right. But talk about when you got that magazine from that nurse. Well, funny, by that time I had seen my reflection and I saw my T bandage. OK, you've seen that. OK. I've never, except for a photograph, saw what was underneath. Okay. Really, there's only a few. Karen is one of them. Um, But many people didn't stay for what was underneath. And then I had surgery, right? Right. So there are people that would have never seen it. And for me, I saw the T-bandage, which ended up being on the magazine. I cannot tell you how frustrating it is that I don't have that magazine. Oh, And do you know why I don't have that magazine? Oh, no. Hopefully it's not me. No. Okay, good. No, no. All right. But if you... If you remember our last podcast, you talk about like, what book do I gift everybody? And I talk about, you know, the, the art of tidying up Marie Kondo. Yes. I Marie Kondoed my house, right? And you threw that away? For the final time. And I promise you it had to go. 
there's there's I do not remember that because I kept that magazine for like 20 years and I want to say in maybe 2018 or 2019 I had taken the last of things I had kept right and I'm almost confident that it went in that one fell swoop do you remember the whole like this doesn't bring me joy in the whole process with that magazine no I I remember there was a group of magazines was it all your Oprah magazines stop it you used to have I used to have a bunch of magazines I was the typical person. I'm going to read this later when I have time, right? A lot of people like that. Yeah. But there was a group of magazines that I had, that being one. And I, I think that I, if I can remember or connect with the Christina that I know, yeah. it was, I don't need this because, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't put into me anything that, yeah. you know, not that it was a bad memory, but it wasn't, didn't serve me for the future, right? Yeah. I felt like it was going to the past. Little did I know I would embark on this. I didn't know myself looking at that magazine, maybe giving it away, didn't know I was going to embark on this. How fun yeah. would it have been to be like, that's that oh magazine. My gosh. No, I, I even explored every magazine that potentially could have been published during that year to see if you could find that original i cannot find it wow i cannot find it what was the? do you remember the the name of the magazine maybe it was like cosmopolitan or vogue or marie it was one of Claire. those there's yeah. so many magazines yeah. but yeah but going back to the magazine when i got it i didn't i wasn't frustrated i wasn't upset by it there was a lot of humor and comedy in that room oh yeah if you remember oh no i remember when everybody was around we played drums we laughed we joked there was a lot of lighthearted. It wasn't yeah. as dark and somber as maybe people would think, right. even though the future was so questionable. Right. Which, as an adult today, I think back and think like, gosh, we were a lot happier than maybe we should have been because we were probably like the story that gets forgotten or not told or not recounted yeah. is we were just trying to move on to the next day and find where we could, you know, have happiness or positivity, mm. you know, inject those feelings in our life because things were just so questionable. It, it right? was, it was really, a, I, I, I just, the, the download that I'm feeling right now is there was a presence of just being in the moment every time we were in that room. Right. Right. Like every time we would go there, it was like time would stop. And we were just in the moment. Yes. Right. Well, and I but, felt but that for that's you, how it was like perpetual. Like, but but for sure. us coming in, even as I would come in after class and and I would sit and we would talk or or we'd have our dates. We'd have date night right. at the hospital. Um, that's talked about in here, right? Our, our awesome. You're date so nights. romantic. Oh my gosh, um, it was fun. And and but but we were present. Like right. and and I and that's the piece that I think you want people to understand is is be present be yeah. in the moment right don't don't allow maybe the the uncertainty of the future to disrupt the power of the moment right. that you're having because sometimes we can allow uncertainty of the future to disrupt this beautiful moment that we're having right here being Where silly in the stopped. hospital well, time was stopping right right um, and I, I think that's a, that's a powerful piece, uh, for anybody that's going through struggles with a family member that's in the hospital or a family member that's struggling is be present. That's what they want. That's what they Absolutely. cherish is, is just be there. I think sometimes you think, well, and I've said it before, but I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do. It's hard. It's awkward. It's uncomfortable. I mean, we can list all the things that we know for right. sure when it's happening, you feel paralyzed, like stuck, like this person's going through this. It's awkward. Well, a lot of people 
push past that awkward, you know, yeah. that I don't know what to do and just did Yep. or just were, right? Yeah. Whether it was just sitting in the hospital or bringing tacos or whatever you are planning to do, it yeah. doesn't have, there's no perfect, you know, I mean, there is an imperfect yeah. reaction. Oh, I talk sure. about it in the book, you right. know, um, right. where somebody is screaming, you know, right. like, I can't believe this is happening. But otherwise, I mean, just being there for being present for someone. There. Mm-hmm. I, I talked about this with Enzo the other day. I put my arm around him. You know, Enzo went through the summer. He kind of had like a surgery or whatever, right? And when I put my arm around him and I just, I said, do you remember like all the pain? Do you remember going through all of that? And he was just like, yeah. I said, isn't it interesting that now, we were actually at Whole Foods when we were shopping at Whole Foods the other day. I said, isn't it interesting now that you have, like you don't even think about it. Like in that moment, it was everything. Everything, right? Yeah, of course. And so what you, what you went through with the accident, there's a part in here, this chapter, that it, it really like, it really was like resonated. And I think people will, will, they'll resonate with this moment, right? right? Because I, and I didn't, I didn't say this word with Enzo, but I think this is something, and I don't know if you've coined it. it I, you know what? I'm just going to say that you coined this phrase. All right. This is yours. Whatever it is. I all right. Coined this it. is yours. This is yours. All right. It says in less than two strides, I was breathing heavily, feeling like there was no way I could walk from my hospital bed to the door with my Calvary cheering me on. I felt faint by the time I reached the doorway of my room. Just as I was about to turn around, I paused to catch my breath and took in all the hustle and bustle of the hallway that I had seen from this view before. It's an odd feeling when you realize the world has been speeding on without you while you've been stuck in a crisis cocoon. I remember hearing that in the audible and I stopped it. Oh. Just stopped it immediately. Because I think every person that reads this paragraph at some point in their life has been in a crisis cocoon. Sure. Where they feel like the world is moving, but you're in this turmoil, mm-hmm. right? And so speak to either that moment or the idea of this crisis cocoon that you talk about, because I, I know that this is going to be something that really helps a lot of people. I I mean, and and you're right. Everyone has in some capacity, whether it was a really tough client at work, uh, a family, you know, hardship or tragedy or a childhood, something, you know, whether it's your, your circumstances. I mean, there is a crisis cocoon in a lot of different circumstances. Um, but I'm interested in asking you the same question when Mm. you hear that, what is crisis cocoon for you? Like Mm. why, why did it make you put press pause? Yes. I think in that moment, just obviously I'm in the middle of hearing, this is all of the process of you being in the hospital. Right. And I'm envisioning Right. Like this metamorphosis that's happening. You're it's like the whole butterfly because, you know, the cocoon obviously connects. And I'm envisioning there's this process of you being inside this cocoon of just uncertainty, Mm -hmm. this uh, pain, lots of pain. Right. Um, This cocoon of like like everybody else is kind of doing their thing and things are just moving in. And I'm here. I'm just here and 
people are coming to see me and their life is moving forward. You know, I was going to school and you couldn't go to school, right? right? Everybody around you is just consistently doing, they're going to their work, they're going to school. And so when I thought about the cocoon, I thought about it as there's, there's, there is a healing aspect of a cocoon that if you can, if you know that you're in a crisis cocoon and you understand that there is, that's where the change, that's where you're going to heal, that's where you're, you're given space and place to kind of like um, take care of yourself. Right. Right. Um, and then as things change, you slowly start to come out of that cocoon, right, as a butterfly, you're different. Mm -hmm. And so that was kind of the, the idea that I thought about. And I see your eye, like I could tell, like, what are you, what are you thinking? No, I, I think that, you know, there, there's pros and cons of the cocoon or the crisis cocoon. I think yeah. that the cocoon, um, you know, and, and the positive makes you draw inward. And I don't mean it in a bad way, inward, draw inward of like, who am I? Mm. What, what am I grounded by? What's my foundation? You know, like, um, and, and where am I drawing strength from? You know, I think that that's, you know, the positive, the negative is a cocoon can also feel isolating, mm. isolating to the point where whether you're having, you know, um, marriage issues, financial issues, you know, uh, work issues. I mean, whatever you're going through, mm -hmm. right. Mm -hmm. uh, loss of someone, tragedy, you feel isolated. Mm. You feel like you were speaking of like everybody is just going on their way and I'm here going through what I'm going through and I'm alone. Mm. And I think that, um, I've always said someone, you know, like me, uh, you know, having scars outside, we all have scars. We have scars in our heart, right? Scars mm -hmm. that are internal. We have scars on, you know, on our body. You know, I've, I've known people who are burned maybe they're covered, maybe they're out you know, as someone who has their scars out, right? They're on my face. I can't cover them. Mm -hmm. um, it's very isolating because I can feel like I'm the only one. I'm standing in a group of beautiful women and I'm the only one who looks like me, mm. right? Um, and I could go decades without finding another person who looks like me. So mm -hmm. it could feel isolating. So it can feel more inward than mm. looking outward for strength, right? And the inward of determining who I am and what grounds me and what is my foundation, all the things that I just spoke of. Right. So I think that the crisis cocoon can be healing mm -hmm. because you're not worried about all the things that you've gone through or that you're going through, right? Like being in the hospital and being in a crisis cocoon, you're not worried. At one point I had to let go, I'm not going to class. Yeah. I'm not going to work. Yeah. I don't have to worry about paying my rent right now. Somebody's just going to have to figure it out. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And there's no groceries to buy. It's all coming to me, right? Yeah. Like the four-star, you know, hotel that exactly. I was staying in. So there's things that I'm, you know, I don't have to worry about. And it is a comfort, right, that I'm just now having to focus on healing hmm. and figuring out how am I going to take one step forward, right? right? But then there's also the negative that can play with the mind. I mean, really, because if I if I were just to stay in that idea of like, oh, poor me, I'm the only one who has to go through this. Mm. I'm the only one who looks like me. Then it's just inward. I'm only looking at me, right? right? I'm not looking at 
you know what, Tomas, maybe you're going through something. So I'm going to take what I've learned and what I am and all my strength that I've created in my own crisis cocoon, and I'm going to give it over to you. Mm. And I'm going to help you get through that. I'm not going to focus so much on me. I'm going to focus on how I can help you with that strength that I've built while I've been in this protected layer, right? right? So I think there's, you could take any situation, good and bad. It's just hard to take the good when you're in the bad. When you're in it. But somehow you have to switch gears and feel like I've got to figure out and draw from the inward strength because we all have it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. I think the one thing that's interesting is that while you were in that cocoon, it was you were always trying to lighten the mood of the room. You were like cracking jokes all the time. You were always funny. You're funny. You are funny. Um, But you were always trying to lighten because you could feel the heaviness. There was a tension, obviously, during that time when you were, you know, had the accident. Right. Um, But even while you were in this inward, there was an outward focus of I don't want people to feel and come in here and, and, and you be heavy. You wanted to feel like you wanted people to come in and and almost like this lightheartedness, you know, like the, that joking part. And I, I also think that's really important about, you know, when you're in that uh, uh, in that space and place of the cocoon is like you said, you want to go inward. But as you're healing, you also want to be focused on, hey, it, it, it's not all about me. Right. It's it's also about everybody else that's around me as well. That they're going through it. Your family was going through it, right? Mm-hmm. We were all part of that process. We didn't feel the pain, but we were right there with you with the healing part of it. Right. But I love that crisis cocoon. And I, I do think that there's a lot that, you, that will resonate from that, from, um, from what you went through. And I think there's a lot of people that are going to connect with that in a way that we don't even know right now. Sure. I really do. I, I so. No, no. I think there's going to be a lot of people that connect with it. Um, you know, and so the last... Let me tell you. Please. The, the, the one thing, and, you know, I talk about it a lot with, with Crystal, um, who's been amazing on this journey. I mean, you can hear her voice. It's beautiful oh, on yeah. the Audible. Um, it was a perfect selection for that. But I think that the book, I when I first started out, and we talked about this in the beginning, you know, I'm going to talk about my life and I'm hoping that, you know, the details of what happened to me, you know, will inspire you that you might find your happy ending. But this, you know, the revealing part of it has to be the hardest part because when you talk about being vulnerable Mm -hmm. and, you know, there were times where I would sit and think, well, now everybody's going to go, oh, I'm sorry you went through that. Like, oh, poor you. You, Mm. You're so sad. I'm sorry for you. Right. Right. Or feel like um, it's putting a spotlight on the things that were my dark spots, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And I think that's hard. It's hard to tell someone I've gone through a hard time or I'm going through a hard time. Or, you know, um, this is still difficult for me because there's a vulnerability with that. Mm -hmm. And there's that feeling of like, am I going to be judged? Am I going to be thought of, you know, like, well, I've never gone through that. Like, sorry for you. But I think that it's all worth saying it if that one person can feel like they connect with you. Oh, yeah. Because they feel that way, too. So I had to kind of push aside all the feelings of the people that I knew I didn't connect with. Right. In order to know that. It's just that one person that I'm going to connect with that that potentially could help. Oh, big time. Oh, it'll be more than one. I mean, it already has been. I mean, look at the number of people that have already read it, you know, which is, is, is amazing. It's, shocking. it's amazing, <laughs> you know. Um, 
I, this quote is 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 a big part of the of the book, and I and I and I just want to read it. It says, "But here's the thing about dark places. Sometimes we don't get out of them by pulling ourselves out. Sometimes it's just a simple step that keeps us around one more day, then one more, then another. Sometimes it's just piecing together a string of barely making it through days until we get to the day that's okay." which leads to days that are good. And then, eventually, when you least expect it, you find your way to great days. What were you thinking as you were putting that together? Well, I, um, what I can tell you is that reading that out loud, you know, we did a out loud read when we were finished with the book, and it was emotional. When you read that out loud. That section of that entire section. And and if you carry on to just the next couple sentences, um, it was probably one of the most impactful parts of the book. Uh, It's, you know, there were parts when we read it out loud that I felt really inspired by my, Mm -hmm. that's weird, I inspired myself. But those words, it's almost as if I needed to hear them again for myself. I needed to re invigorate, you know, something in my own. But that, you know, I think when you're in darkness, tomorrow doesn't seem as easy as maybe it does for somebody else. And I don't mean, you know, um, taking your life, you know, I mean, just getting up and moving forward, Mm -hmm. right? Because you feel like it's too heavy. It's Mm -hmm. too much. Mm -hmm. But when someone can help you get to the next day, because if you read on, it talks about how, you know, um, really moving on to the next day, it, it's not just you yourself that's doing it. Others are coming alongside of you and helping you find, you know, a little bit, a, a good day, mm-hmm. a better day, a great day, mm-hmm. right? Because um, it's true when you eventually find yourself to great days, those are the days that make it count, mm-hmm. right? But, um, but dark places, you know, it's, it's no joke. I mean, whether it's a one day, you know, that we go through it or multiple days, um, it's, uh, when you're journeying, you do feel alone. Yeah. But I think the thing about this that I wanted people to know about that section of the book is that, um, you know, going along someone is going to be the most important thing. Um, having them help you find that next day, Yeah. you know, or you finding that next day. Yes. Um, to find yourself to great days. And being willing to be open about, hey, this is a dark place. This right. is a dark space. And I want to, I want it to be better, but I don't know how. Right. That openness Like I'm not okay is, right now. I'm not okay. You know, and, and I love what, you know, it, it, you know, Pastor Ed, um, doesn't he have a saying? It, 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 you know, you don't, um, it's okay to not be okay here. He talks about that in sure. this, it's this, that this op- there, this is a place for people, you know, to get the help they need, you know what I mean? And to find the help that they need. Right. Um, and I think that's really, really important. And that if, if anybody out there is feeling like you need help and you are in a dark place, call someone, pick up the phone, tell somebody, write a note, give, give it to somebody so that people can be there right. to pick up you know, uh, to pick you up where you're at. Right. And, and, it, and it may just be the smallest little thing, but if nobody knows. 
It's right. really hard. Well, I think it's just, it. you know, there's a bad day, which maybe we all have a bad day, right? Yeah. Or a bad moment. But when the bad days seem to be compounding and collecting, you know, over and over, um, it is time to reach out to a community or help. And um, we definitely added that part in there because I, you never know where the reader is at that moment, right? Right. And I was sharing that part of the book not to give a reason to be okay to be in dark places, yeah. right? But to also understand it is okay that we are in them but we've got to find our way to great days, yes. right? And so um, there is a, you know, a number on there, you know, to call, or if you know someone who's going through something that it's not just a momentary um, bad day, right? Right, right. absolutely. Um, so I, I think what's interesting is that the culmination of this, right? Like the culmination, I remember when this came in the mail, right? And we were looking at it and holding it. And Amazon. It was, just, it was like, oh my gosh, it's here, you know? Um, and then you open up sales and you were at like number one. I mean, it opened up number one in Kindle for what, romance? Yes. Right? Love, love and romance. Love and romance. Not romance so much as love. Love and romance. That's right. Uh, ended up jumping to number one, which yeah. was, we were freaking out. Yeah. Like we were on, where were we at when that happened? We're real. We were at home. We're we hadn't at, left yet because it was yet. right um, as we were leaving um, for um, out of town out of for town. Thanksgiving. Yeah, I think we had shared it to friends and family, thinking you know it would be just an introduction to share on social media. Right. It hadn't actually been fully released. But it was so a, we think, had released a Kindle. Yeah. And, and all of that. Yeah. I think when we started seeing it was like at. 30 we're like oh it's 30 like yeah. that's amazing yeah 30 was cool i mean it was yeah. shocking so when it started to go up and then it had a little sticker that said you know number one new release i, I mean i don't know about you but yeah. i was like no 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 that was blow away. what <laughs> yeah that was blow away that was amazing um a, a true blessing for all of our for, you know friends and family supported that it. supported the book uh we really appreciate it and 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 feels i mean we both of us feel really very strongly that this is a this is a book to give this is a book to give to someone um no matter where they're at this would be a powerful book uh talking about your life our life together and and really fighting through those shattered pieces because you know god what god can do with shattered pieces he can make masterpieces as we know yes right we know that um the beautiful thing is uh during this last year we got to mention this i'm a big reader uh but i was completely uh uh, uh, I was not a big reader in 2022 compared to you. Oh. Uh, we got to talk about this. Yeah. Because in the process of finalizing your book, you made the decision that I'm going to read. Like, I'm going to read, I think you set your goal at what, 50? No. What was your goal? 40? 30? No. What was your goal? Do you know my goal was like goal. one a month? Oh, it was only one a month? Yes. But you absolutely 12. crushed it. How many did you do last year? Well, but before I tell you, let me tell you, because I'm not a reader. Well, I, you just, you, I mean, it's not that you're not a reader. You know how to read. Of course you know. I know how to read. Right. But I don't like seek out to read. Right. You've always been the reader. Right. And would tell me books that were awesome to read. People would tell me books that were awesome to read. It was on the heels of finishing this book that I think I truly gain a respect mm. for authorship. Okay. For actually 
you know, reading someone's story, reading, I mean, I didn't read just memoirs, you know, Mm -hmm. this year, business books. I mean, whatever people recommended, sometimes I shouldn't have taken recommendations because they weren't (laughs) that great, but just reading about something. Um, And I ended up doing 44 books. 44 books in one year. Okay. Now, a lot of people, I did audio books. That's okay. But do you be surprised how many yeah. people think that glass? They, they, they hate on they Audible. They do. They hate on Audible. I don't, I don't know, why. know why either. Yeah. Yeah. I made a conscious decision that if yeah. I was in my car, instead of calling or, you know, getting my to do list done or yeah. talking to, you know, I don't know, my mom or my friend or whatever, that I would just be a learner yeah. or read or listen and just be in that you know, moment. And that led to multiples. And then by the summer, um, it just was gaining a lot of momentum. So I had a, at that point, I think at 30, I was like, Oh, maybe I could do 52, one for each week. Well, it got a little carried away. 44 is plenty. That's a lot, but I've learned a ton. I mean, I think just an appreciation for stories and history and, you know, um, I've got some goals for 2023. Oh, but we'll you, tell me about no. it. I want to hear it. We got to know. I never share it out no, loud. We got to share it out loud. Come on. Well, I might read Grant. Okay. Oof, that's a good one. I wasn't going to do it for 2022. It would have killed my, you know. Well, goal. I mean, it's it's 48 hour audible. I mean, it's pretty pretty hefty, but that is so good. I'm going to, I think I'm going to do it. Oh, that's awesome. I may have to do it with you just at the same time because it's so good. Because you're competitive? Grant, well, no, 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 not competitive at all. I, I, the, the history of Ulysses as Grant. Oh, no, you told me, but you've read it already. You're going to reread it? I want to reread it. It's so good. I mean, it's just his story. See, you're inspiring me and then you're going to do it again. Yeah, like I'm being inspired just the idea and thought that you're going to do that. That was a great recommendation by Ryan. Ryan told me about that, um, about that book. And uh, it's phenomenal. So I think you're going to really, you're going to enjoy it. Yeah. So I think this year it won't be quantity. Right. It'll just be um, very particular. Yeah, quality. You know, do the history here. I read some amazing. What was the top book you think? I got to ask. Of course. Yeah. What was the top book? Uh, And be honest. Like, you know, you don't have to. No, no, I'm going to be honest. Yeah, be honest. I'm going to be honest. Yeah. And you're, (laughs) okay. I hate it on the book. Okay. You read the book. You told me about the book. And I was like, that's a stupid book. Okay. Because of, I think the way maybe you explained it, even though some of it was true. Okay. And then I read it and I understood why you Mm -hmm. liked it and then read the follow-up book. Okay. Which would have to be David Goggins' book. That is really interesting. I know. I did not know that was your favorite. I mean, listen, the one thing. (laughs) Wow. That's. Now we're going to get real deep. No, seriously. I mean, now that we're not talking about myself, I can talk about everything. Yeah. So I think when I go back to the idea of an appreciation for authorship, right? A lot of times you read books and you could tell that either the person is famous, infamous, or has a history or a beautiful thing that they've done in the world or in entertainment, et cetera. And then they've been asked to, you know, author a book or Mm -hmm. they want to do that. And that's great. And you read quite a few of those this year. I did just organically because maybe they recommended or they were top books or, you know, people said this book changed my life. I'm like, okay, let's hear it. right? Right. And some of them were amazing, right? Yeah. But you can tell through the book that there were a lot of holes that were filled with just empty space, a void of, you know, just information. Mm. Or maybe somebody else's story injected into their story just to fill the book to make it complete. Right. If I can make sense no, of that. No, it makes sense. Yep. David Goggins, the thing about his book that I appreciated was each chapter, he did intentionally make it as an inspiration to say, hey, go do this. This is why I'm talking about it. Number one. Yep. Number two, 
there was no real filler in the book. No, there's no filler. No, honestly. Yeah. I I really can't understand some of the things. I do understand it by reading what he says. All the endurance stuff is a little, right? I'm not going to put my... For me, I feel like I've gone through enough in my life. I don't go intentionally do, you know... I'm right. not going to go an Ultraman. be an Iron right. Man because I'm right. like, I've done an Iron Man just in a different way. Right. Right. We laugh about that. Of course. But I understand why he wants to do something and that's great for him. But none of the book was real filler. And yep. there was it was there was a huge intentionality with mm-hmm. everything that he wrote. Now, then he got to his second book. The second book. And I figured he had success on the first one. It was going to be one giant filler. Yep. I mean, I... You, yeah, you, I, 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 I sensed even your. Let's see how uh, this one's see go. how it goes. Yeah, second book. Yeah, yep. And because you mentioned like, oh, he's even writing about how he wrote about his, you know, yep. book, which I knew a little bit about the history, yep. and and I, I love the Audible because it is the discussion part of it. Yep. Um, and I even contemplated, you know, doing that, but I thought, no, oh, you know, I'm just gonna go the regular route. Yep. I really liked the follow-up. I yeah. really didn't feel like, even to the last chapter, I felt like was the most inspiring. Yeah. But I felt like it wasn't filler. Mm-hmm. And in a world of books, especially, you know, maybe memoirs, right? Um, or even books that aren't intentional. They don't say memoir on it, but they have their their history. Mm-hmm. There's still a lot of filler in yeah. books, yeah. P- period. Um, and I just don't think that he has it. So no. I would recommend it. And there's a clean version. The, the there is a clean version which you got for Enzo, which is really interesting cuz he does cuss a lot. So j- just not preface. Enzo. No, no, not Enzo. <laughs> David Goggins. <laughs> you got that funny. for Enzo cuz he cusses that's a lot. That's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh David Goggins does cuss a lot and the audible is harsh, you know, so I mean, he you, uses the f word like um. It's, it's yes, he does. Like it's it's a it's an adjective that um, uh, you know, and and he even talks about the fact that why he talks that way, right? He, he sure. addresses that in the book a little bit. But I do think the one interesting thing to me that when I finished his book is I felt like the second book was better because he was allowed to be a little bit more open in the second book. The first book, he admits in the second book how there were certain stories he couldn't tell. Correct. That, that just between his family and his mom and, and, and things that had happened that he couldn't tell. In the second book, he's even more raw. But again, the evolutions that he talks about, every book has an evolution, every chapter has an evolution. I really think it, he hits a, it's a home run. And it, it's already a New York Times bestseller. It's already like, uh, 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 I mean, it's a bestseller I'm thinking on everything. I, I, I think he's crushed he, it. He, he really has told his story. Yeah. I think, don't get me wrong, I'm not into, you know, some of the torture that he puts his body through, but that's right. him. But at the but same time. But you understand time, it. You understand why yes. he does it. Yes. It, the, when you read his book, you understand yes. his methodology. Yes. But yeah. I, I don't think that the way he writes about it and talks about it is, um, you know, as if to, you know, I mean, some people may think it's bragging, but I don't read it as that. I actually see the story in it and I see the inspiration at each point. And I I mean, I think it's good. Yeah. That's, I did not realize that that was going to be your top book. That's really interesting. Yeah, not very because you told me. No, not at all. Now, As a matter of fact, I made fun of you. I was like, "That's a dumb book." Yeah, you did. I didn't know who David Goggins was. Yeah, when I first. I'm like, let yeah. me read this stupid book. Yeah, yeah. You and I remember when you told me you're reading it. That was after I did Iron Man. Was yes. that after I did Iron Man? Yeah, yes. it was after. Yes. And I and rem- I felt even more. Bleh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> people um, can read about Iron Man wives and they can understand. Like, yeah, for sure. Well, his wife, like, or you know, um, I think it's. Jessica, I think that's his. Anyways, 
Amazing books. Both of them are really good. Getting back to Shattered Pieces Everywhere. Here's the thing that I, I, I here's think. Here's the thing about Dark Places. Yeah, here's the thing about this book that I, I, I just have to say this. is I, the, the, the process of you getting to this point, it's, and I, I think Crystal can attest to this. I think people who have been around you can attest to this, is going through this journey of going back to that dark place of the hospital, the accident, going back to, you know, the, the, the children's home, which if you, the prologue for people, like, like when you, when you read the prologue, you're, you're not going to put the book down. I'll just be honest, right? Like, I don't think people are going to put the book down, but knowing what, you know, from the, from that, uh, uh, being in the children's home and, and, and going through all of the stories, talking with your mom, going all through it to, to today, it's almost like th th there's a transformation that I've seen in you. You know what I mean? There's a transformation of just just an inner an inner knowing of who you are, right? Where you've come from, what you've been through, right? There's a transformation of confidence, of just of, of knowing. Um, and then I think with all the books that you've read over the last year and then just the, the, the consistent effort of getting it to this point, right? You're not the same Christina. Ugh. You know what I mean? It's beautiful. And I say that in a, in a, not that you were in a bad place before that's, it's just growth. Like it's personal growth. It's what I live for. It's like the whole <laughs> idea of what I you know, everything is like, I want to grow. I want to get better. I want to read something. I want to do something. And so I say that to you is like, I mean, I'm so proud of you. Thank you. This book is so awesome. Um, you know how, you know, what happened when I read it when we were on the cruise and I was reading the Audible and Crystal is in my ear for three hours. And then I woke up because I woke up at three in the morning and I couldn't sleep, wasn't feeling good. I put on this Audible and I literally could not go back to sleep. It was so good. And I think I made it all the way to chapter four, yes. uh, almost halfway through the book or not even halfway through the book. But anyways, I made it to that. And I remember just sharing with you like, it's awesome. It's really, really good. Kudos to you and Crystal. Thank the you. book is fabulous. For everybody that's uh, watching, you're going to get all the links. You can get the book. You can get it on Prime. Uh, we're going to be having an event where we're going to be getting everybody together so that you can get a, even a signed copy for Christina. So be, uh, stay tuned for that. Uh, but have you felt that transformation? I mean, I think that it's like a shedding of the, um, you know, the, the parts that maybe of your life where you hide them or you're embarrassed by them or when you shed it off, it's like you're shinier, mm. you know? Um, and, and we talk about it a little bit when I go through, you know, um, seeing the accident, you know, in live footage for the first time, et cetera. But I think after this, it, there is, um, and that's the only way I can put it is like a, sh a shedding. shedding, you know, it's like the Proverbs, you know, um, um, you know, she's clothed in dignity and strength and she laughs without fear of the future. I think it's like, well, you know everything. I've given it to you. I don't really have anything to hide. This is me, right? Yeah. And I'm I'm proud of being able to come out of, you know, that and standing in front of you. I'm a little broken, sure. You know, a little yeah. scarred, absolutely. But yeah. um proud of it, you know. Um, but you know, I appreciate what you're saying and I'm not trying to make this podcast, uh, you know, mm. you encourage me and I encourage you, but I'm really, I'm sitting here 
you know, who I am today changed 23 years married, Mm -hmm. right? Amen. To somebody who poured into me and believed in me, even when I was either too young to believe in myself, not confident enough to believe in myself, unsure, right? Mm -hmm. And year after year, we've gotten to this point, even talking about books, you know, you've been that inspiration for Mm. me. You've, you know, stood by my side. You've stood in the fray, Mm. right? You've been okay when those days when I come and say like, yeah, just I'm not getting through the fog right now. I need a minute, you know, just don't take it personal. Yeah. Um, You've done that for me, you know, when everybody was gone and there is no one and it's just us, it's still, you know, just us. You've done that for me, Mm. you know? So, um, I love you so much. Yeah, I love you. <laughs> well, I listen. For We're everybody, make it a mushy podcast. No, for everybody that's that is again. If you're listening to this podcast, you need to get the book. You need to read it. You need to hear our story. Our love story is in here too. It's so cute. It's very cute. It's all true. You know, it's all true. Super cheesy. And uh, we met as as you got to read the book because we met at a quinceanera. We talk about that in the first podcast. Yeah. Um, but we don't have to talk about it here. But I do think reading this when I when I heard this. Um, going back to that quinceanera, going back to that time, it was very, very like, like, uh, nostalgic, like just thinking about, I mean, I had a beeper, you know what I mean? Like that's, that's how we communicated. We didn't talk about the beeper, but you know, we didn't talk about the beeper, but you know, like that, that's, that's how you later when we started talking and you would page me on my, Mm. uh, on my pager, Mm. you know what I mean? So it also tells us how old we are, you know, just a little bit. So it's true. But listen, um, super uh, proud of you. Congratulations. Uh, I know that I even as we were watching the book just kind of jump every time we would hit refresh and it would go up and Mm -hmm. go up and go up. I I know that this is only the beginning. Mm -hmm. This is only the beginning uh, for the journey. And so if you need a speaker, here's what you need to know. If you need a speaker for an event, you need Christina. You know, or maybe you need a tag team. Maybe you need both of us. We do right. I mean, we we've done some amazing speeches together. Okay, Um, and so if you're looking for someone to come bring value, she's going to bring a lot of value. She's going to bring a wealth of just everything that she's learned throughout her life and a passion to help other people. And so if you're looking for a speaker, Christina is locked and loaded and ready to fill her calendar in 2023. That's right. So, uh, and we need more women speakers, more keynotes by women sharing their story. And so I'm excited for you, Christina, because you're going to get a lot of calls. Oh, thank you. Get ready. Buckle up. Okay. I'll be your manager. (laughs) Let me be your manager. Okay. Okay? All right. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast, Christina. I look forward to our third where we're talking about just the success and all of the things that happened from this book. Congratulations. Thank you so much. Take care. appreciate it. I'll see you soon. Yeah, right. (laughs) 